Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. And we'll be doing things just like that. In fact, we'll be taking a vintage car ride through the French Riviera this summer. And we'll be truffle hunting in Florence in the fall, to name just a few of the experiences so that I can give you a feel for it. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Well, 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 Kimberly, I have friends with me, Murgatroyd. Yes, Chris, we are starting the podcast. Chris is a non- podcaster. We have some guests today, Kimberly. Yes, we do. Can you believe it? I can believe it because they've been sleeping in our living room for seven days. Well, they could have been sleeping in our bed and we could have made this a whole Sophia lot... Sophia tried to do that. Could Sophie, have made this a whole lot more interesting. So Technically. Technically. Uh, yeah, Sophia was a little, a little miffed that they were going to be taking over her bed and created the option of why don't they just sleep with you guys? And I was like, well, we don't swing that way. So. Well, speak for yourself. Let's um, <laughs> let's um, let's kind of set the scene. So, do you want to introduce them? Or are you just going to let them hang? Well, out? I was going to I was going to set the scene first. So, Chris and Mal, can we Matt? Can we say your last names? Do you guys mind publicly? I don't mind. We, you don't mind. Do you mind if we have your last name? Because some people are funny about that. Well, they have the same last name. So they if they have do. His, no, I wanted to make I wanted to make sure that they both were willing to uh, discuss. So, Chris and Matt Strauser are friends of ours that um, live in Atlanta, and they came to visit us here in Sicily. Sicily. I'm in the wrong freaking country. In Italy, in Florence. Occupational hazard. Oh my God. I don't know what country I'm in. And um, The best so, part is we haven't even been to Sicily. So it's not even like it was like the last place. On were. this trip, but we have um, in the past. But why are you confusing um, the facts with what a, a good story? Because I'm autocorrect. Okay. So here's what I want to say. We dropped Sophia off this morning from school and we came back to our cafe and... Uh, Chris and Matt have been spending a week with us here in uh, not Sicily, but Florence. 
and are on their way to Rome. And we have to get this podcast out. And so we have to have coffee with them at the same time. So welcome to reality, kids. We are spending time with Chris and Matt while having our coffee. So what from the two times you've been outside the United States, Mm -hmm. excluding Canada (coughs) and the Caribbean for this purpose, what are the takeaways that you have had with coming to this country of Italy? That's a big question. It is. Give me one. Top of mind. Um, Top of mind is just that it's so important to slow down and, and appreciate the bigger picture because it's so easy to get caught up in the grind. And for some reason in the United States, the grind has become the culture. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the culture here is enjoying life, enjoying the conversation, enjoying the history. Uh, For whatever reason, our culture became just grinding it out in the United States. So it's, it's really important to step away from that because so many people lived from birth to death over there and never have an opportunity to do that. Well, isn't it interesting that we talked about last night why the Italians were initially coming over to the U.S. as immigrants and we were saying for work, right. for a better life, to right. make work. So it makes sense that we now have a culture of work versus life and now we're all trying to get back to right. the mothership. To enjoy life. <laughs> to have a better life. Um, Chris, what about you? Everything is at a slower pace, but not like painfully slow. Mm-hmm. Not like, because I'm a, I'm a go, 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 fast-paced hustle person. And when somebody's walking slow in front of me, I'm like, oh, I got to get around them. But it's not painfully so slow. But it's at a comfortably casual, natural, normal pace. You drink your coffee. You go, you know, you see the locals riding on their bike to work. They're not hauling ass. I mean, they're not like, oh, God, Starbucks on the way to go window. Like, let me get there. I'm running late. They're like, hi, ciao. I'm sure they're just like, you know, they're just like, saying, you know, good morning, hi, and it's a slower pace. And they're like, it feels um, very similar to what Matt was saying. It's a hustle bustle life at home and here you get to take it all in. Do you know what they call it? Tranquilo, like tranquil. It's more Mm -hmm. tranquil. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like our, my life at home, getting to Sophia to school, it's like, come on, Soph, come on, Soph, come on, Soph, let's go, let's go, let's go. We gotta go, we gotta go. And then I, down to the car, in the car, around the school, drop off. Like you can't even, like in the US, you can't even drop your kid off. Like you had, they just, you basically pull up, they open the doors and the kids jump out. Like it's, you basically slow down. You don't even really fully stop, right? Here, Rob and I are are taking this long walk and chatting all the way, you know, to the school. And it's like a slow process of drop off, saying goodbye, hugs and kisses, like, not throwing the lunch out the window. On the way here, I was just thinking, I was looking at some people, we were talking about the people, because um, early is my favorite time, is the morning yeah. when you hear the trucks dropping off the, the food, they're setting up the tables outside, you, you know, people mm-hmm. are going to work, they're on their bikes, and most people on the bikes are the locals going to work. But I was watching uh, two women talking and I thought, do they have to be somewhere? Don't they have to go to work? You know, and, and they were just kind of casually talking. Nothing seemed hurried. Yeah. They take time for each other. You know, we had an interesting conversation last night. We were talking about um, how it, it dawned on me that I haven't purchased anything on Amazon or iTunes or haven't have gone to Target to buy anything. And how often when we're living a chaotic life, um, we tend to do things that uh, distract us to um, give us a little 
peace and and ease some anxiety. So, you know, we uh, we get stressed, we go to Target and we buy a few things. We get stressed, we order some, you know, something on Amazon. And I want to talk a little bit about how, and maybe the perception of actually living here is, is different from the reality of actually living here. But, you know, we were talking yesterday about having so many pressures back in the States, right? You've got like, you've got, you've got a mortgage, you've got football, you've got kids, you've got school. How do you think, and Kim, this may be a better question for you. How do you think that that may be different here? Because most of the people who are listening are, are from, you know, North American type countries that are just overscheduled, right? With the kids. But here, for whatever the reason that overscheduling doesn't seem to be um, we got the every local, town has one. Every t- we got a local man singing next to us. Um, we see him every day. How do you how do you perceive that it perhaps is different here from that sort of like overscheduled, jacked up suburban soccer mom and dad life? Um, well, I mean, I haven't lived that life here, uh, but from the people that I do know. There's less of an overscheduling, but there's also more, um, I don't know. I think it's different when you live in this community because like you and I will see the kids going to school in the morning in their soccer uniform and they play soccer. And so like if your kids lived here, they would play soccer. They, they just would. And we see them going to school in their soccer uniform and riding their bikes through the town. I think because um, Florence in particular is such a community, a small community, there's a little bit more freedom with the kids and a trust. And, you know, remember we saw this like four-year-old boy running down the street by himself yesterday or like last week? We're like, where's his parents? We're like, where's his parents? At like nowhere. And I mean, they were a mile behind him, but it was still like such different freedom and trust and walkable city. Um, I don't think they overschedule. I think Americans are so hard pressed to show their children every single thing and foster every single activity. And there's a lot of pressure put on parents. Get your kid in this and get your kid in that and get them and get them and get them. And the kids want to do everything too, that they end up being stressed out and all of that. I just think it's a different perspective here. It's like you do the one thing you love, maybe the two things you love, you make time for it and and you move on. But I think there's more freedom for the kids here to like explore on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that the parents, and I can't really speak to this because I don't live here. I don't know that the parents have the pressures to be at every single event and to be, you know, always at a soccer practice. And that should be a really good question to ask. Like, um, do the soccer moms here bring oranges or croissants? At I just don't, I don't, you I don't know. know. I just, it Cappuccino. Doesn't, it doesn't seem to be that prevalent here. Um, okay, interesting. Um, for you, Matthew, I wanted to ask you, I want, first of all, I want you to explain a concept we've been talking about. Every time I travel with somebody, which is one of the reasons why I do the mastermind that I do, is because when you have time to spend with somebody, you tend to connect at a much deeper level. And, you know, there's usually a theme that gets weaved through through the, the time that you're with each other because you tend to um, hit on something that you're both learning and exploring. And that theme for me for this last week with you guys, with you specifically, has been the idea of hedonic adaptation. 
So maybe you can first define it of what that means and then maybe use Florence as sort of a lens for how you could manipulate hedonic adaptation. And I think it would be uh, just sort of an interesting subject. So the way I understand hedonic adaptation is the human, humans in general have a way of adapting to their environment, whether it's good or bad, eventually it becomes the norm. And then it just is what life is. So if you buy the humongous house within a couple months, it's just your home. You know, you buy the fancy sports car. At some point, it just becomes your car and the means by which you get to work. So that that's an example of hedonic adaptation. So one of the things that kept popping up this this week was how... How can we plan our lives? How can we mitigate hedonic adaptation? And so it seems like there are certain things in this life that we will always adapt to. And there are other things that for whatever reason, we, they, it, the novelty never wears off and we never truly just take it for granted. For example, uh, a great conversation, a fantastic bottle of wine, a view of the Tuscan Hills in the morning, these kind of things never, literally never get old. It's impossible to, to wear off the novelty it's of difficult something like to that. adapt. It's very difficult to adapt to those things. Exactly. Because, because there's, always some, there's, there's always some new, like we talked about how like oceans and sunsets are very difficult to adapt to because there's always sort of a, a new way of, uh, ciao. ciao. <clears throat> there's always a new way of, uh, of looking at it. So, you know, it's- And also here in Florence, like I was just thinking about that, we're, you know, looking at houses right now and where we're going to move to in California. And I'm thinking about our walk to school. So let's say we take the house that's a mile from the school. Sophia's current school is a mile from this, uh, our house, right, in Italy. Every single day when we take Sophia to school here in Italy, I see something new along the way. There's always something that I didn't quite see the day before. Another snapshot you're making <laughs> in your head. Another little thing. Or after school. We're walking a different path on the way home. We're finding a new cafe, a new this, a new that. Not because we're new here, but because there's so much. But if when we go to California, I'm going to venture to say that our way to school and back is going to, we're going to adapt very quickly because it's going to be very vanilla mm-hmm. and very plain. And there's not a lot of things. There's no like horse things on the side of the buildings and, you know, bells ringing and, you know. Things that are very difficult to adapt to. I think it's- it would be very difficult to have this, um, what you're talking about, this mm-hmm. quick adaptation here because every time you, I mean, yesterday we went to that chapel. I've, I've been to Florence 400 times. I've never heard that story. I've never seen that chapel. I don't think I've ever been on that street. That's amazing to me, you know? So I don't, so I see what you're saying. Even, even the ability, like I'm looking at it as you're speaking, I'm looking at the market that's behind you. And walking through that market, you're, look at it this way. You know, if you're in, um, if you're in the uh, Southeast of America, you go into Publix. You can adapt to a Publix pretty easily. You know, there's a guy making you the, uh, you know, the, uh, the this, the, uh, the 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 hoagie hero whatever you call it sandwich that's in the back you know the baker lady and then there's the grocery aisle here you got a guy that's like throwing fish in the air you got another one that's like trying to get you to come you know buy his clove of garlic because it's better than anything else the, you know the fish truck just pulled up a minute ago and we got 
blasted with the smell of fish. We're like, what the hell is that? The, I was the, like, did the sewer just break out? But like, no. The senses, there's an assault on your senses. It's never, the day is never the same. Right. So how do you prevent, if you're not living in Florence, mm -hmm. how do you prevent yourself from creating this adaptation in I, your environment? I think uh, the first step is to become very self-aware about which things in life are going to be very adaptable or you're more likely to adapt to and which of the things in life are almost unadaptable. And so if you can if you can create a self-awareness around those two categories, you can consciously pursue that which is not adaptable. And you can lower on your on your list of um goals and ambitions, the things that will be easily adaptable because it's a very fleeting return on investment. Give me something, give me an example in the U.S. of something that you're going to bring into your life or something that is not adaptable, like that's going to bring you closer to it's where great, you want to be. It's a great question. I'm trying to think of that myself. The only thing I can think of currently was the example you gave, actually, which is the sunset. So we're moving to California because mm -hmm. we want to see and even in Atlanta, when we lived in a townhouse in the woods, basically, we had no light. It was super dark. We, I didn't even know Atlanta had a sunset. I mean, it sounds stupid, but every city has one, but to see one. But then when we moved into the you know high rise in that top floor, every single night was a stunning sunset. And, and it just and that changed, attracted us to that changed that our life. That changed our pattern. That changed. Okay, it's sunset time. Let's go outside. Like let's have a glass of wine. Yeah. Let's have an aperitivo. And they uh, never, we never adapted to that aperitivo. Right. We were having an aperitivo outside yeah. on our deck. Well, we well, kind we of, did. we kind of were though. We did. But like, what's another example of that? Like nature is obviously nature is very, really high on the list. So yeah. you're you're always going to be surrounded by nature. One of the great things specifically about Atlanta is you're never far from the mountains or lakes. So mm -hmm. connect with nature is the easiest. That's the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So that you're never too far away. And even um, the views like you talked about are never going to get old. Even a view of a city line is still beautiful mm -hmm. every time. That, that, that never gets old. It, it, that's true because in our high-rise, the other view we had was like a, the Buckhead skyline, mm -hmm. right? And I was always super grateful for that. And nature, I definitely... Other than nature, what could you do? Like Community because, is another thing that's big on that list. So really connecting... and. And not just um, these like surface connections to other people, like to have a real, true, authentic connection to your community. That's something that never gets old and, and you never, uh, it never just becomes stale or mundane. Um, the conversations with true, authentic people, if you can find like-minded people, have great, great conversations at dinner, um, these kind of things don't really grow old. Don't you feel like this is um, <clears throat> all very personal too like it, it, everyone's different of I mean, course I every time I'm in my car with the sunroof open and it's the middle of the day when typically I would be working mm -hmm. so this is going to be somewhere between nine to five um, like I'm, working if you had a real job <clears throat> working in an office <laughs> like a nine to five like job. a yeah typically working my old life of nine to five because she I, replaced her income with, with network marketing. Exactly. And I'm home Ding. now. But this message this, but was this, brought to you by. <laughs> at Kim Murgatroyd. <laughs> but this goes to the very point that I'm saying. Um, it's It all depends on what you what's important to you. And for my entire life of adult working life, I dream to be outside mm -hmm. at 11 a.m. Yeah. I Not during lunchtime where I left real quick and got mm -hmm. something. And I would dream of 
I love the sunroof open and I love driving into the city. Yeah. So every time, which I pretty much drive the podcast. I, like, every day. <laughs> every day. Um, I have the sunroof open and I'm driving and the sun is coming in the car and it's 11 o'clock or it's one o'clock and I never, that never gets normal to me. It yeah. feels amazing. And example. I always think about when I used to sitting in an office. Well, that's the perfect example of what we're saying about nature, city skyline and that mm-hmm. feeling. That's a perfect example mm-hmm. of that and how not just looking at it from your house, but like experiencing right. but it. It's, it's all of the elements. It's in the car. Yeah. It's on the I going fast on the yeah. interstate, driving with the sun coming in and then driving into a place that I love to go to. So it's all that. Yeah. yeah. I think also- I'm trying to accomplish that with um, <laughs> with uh, surfing in yeah. California because mm-hmm. I think that would be a good one that would be, would be difficult to get used to surfing. Yeah. Although the vision of what I look like surfing and what I will look like are going to be very different. Oh, I've actually seen what you look like surfing. He looks like a munchkin kid when he puts on um, in a unitard. You know, when he puts on the surf suit, what's it called? Wetsuit. He looks like a tiny little munchkin surfing on a surfboard. Um, Back to what you were saying about community. I think that's really interesting because one thing that I'm really excited about and, you know, passionate about is having more time in my schedule, whether it's in California or in Florence, to give back. And I think when you are not doing things that are um, more self um, intrinsic, yeah, when you're not really focusing on what you do, Mm. but when you're giving back and connecting with the community. So like yesterday when we did our little tour here with Mr. Bruce, in Florence and he said every Christmas I come to this church and we feed the we feed the hungry. Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of things I think never get old. I don't care if you go to the same soup kitchen every single Saturday, it never ever ever gets old because you're always contributing and giving back and I think that's a really good example of what you're talking about and making sure you implement that somewhere in your life. So let's circle back to the to the original premise that brought this up, which <laughs> is when you've got when you've got all these when you have this massive structure that's set up in your life where, you know, you've got uh, children that need to be in sporting events and, you know, you're working and you just, you're repeating the same pattern day in and day out without much uh, or, or with, without much change. And it becomes very, very routine. What are some ways that you could break out of that? So it's not quite as mundane, mundane. Yeah, I think that this is one of the most beneficial results of travel because sometimes we lose sight of how impactful the um, sociocultural influences of wherever we live. So it's almost impossible to live in a city like Atlanta and not be caught up in the hustle. Mm-hmm. You almost have to forcibly remove yourself from that environment, put yourself in a different environment. For example... Florence and you you have no choice like it we didn't make a conscious effort to slow down when we got here it's in the air there, yeah. there, there is no other option. Mm-hmm. You can't go running through the streets and hurry up. It, it doesn't exist here. You look like a crazy person. Actually, we exist. saw this morning someone doing that. And and no, even even the Americans that you see here, on some level, they're not acting like hustle. They're they're a part of this culture right now. So so you're almost forcing yourself to see it from the new perspective. It's the self awareness mm-hmm. that that brings a little element of it back with you when you return home. So what we try to do and have tried to do in our life is when we go somewhere and we see some sort of thing that we're enjoying, like right now on this trip, 
us walking together, Sophia to school, both walking to get her or drop her off in the morning and to pick her up in the afternoon is something we are going to continue even in the United States because it's been awesome connect time. Now, if we get one of the houses, that walk is literally one minute. So we're going to have to punt on that one. But that's something we would like to take back for the connect time with our family, each other and all of that. For each of you, what is the one thing or two things, whatever, that you are going to take back and put into your life. So sometimes like the aperitivo hour, mm. like you could, you you know, Rob and I could um, go back home and create an aperitivo <coughs> hour if that's what we wanted and make an Aperol spritz, put out some prosciutto and have that, you know, one hour of connect happy hour each night. Like what's, and, and that could make a change in our life and our community and our connection. Uh, what is the one thing that you guys would bring back from here and implement into your life, if there's any? Ooh. Um, Chris is going to say no, no cappuccino after 11. Yeah. <laughs> no cappuccino after 11. Um, well, one of the things is realizing that we don't need so many things mm-hmm. like in your living space. Um, and I'm not talking about material, like from that perspective, just literally things like we just go to work to overclutter our houses for the, just buying new things. And you don't need all the things you think you need. Yeah, that's definitely sure. my big, <clears throat> big lesson. Simplify. If anyone needs things, I'll be giving things away <laughs> mid-October. <laughs> One of the things that struck me while we were here is how how little uh, rush we felt when we had dinners. It, it wasn't like, let's eat this, let's hurry up, we got somewhere to go. I really wanted... Unless you're at Sustanza. <laughs> Unless you're literally being kicked out. You're eating 7.30 chicken, that's another story. <laughs> 7.30 butter chicken is uh, a and different you podcast. better be done by 8.55. Right. But other than that... Other than that, they, they do not rush you out. There were so many times where <clears throat> we sat for a solid 45 minutes to an hour after we finished all of our food, all of our... Like, everything. And, and there's no check on the table. There's no check. Nobody's rushing you out the door. I would love to, on some level, with anywhere within my control, um, incorporate some le- level of that. To just be present in the moment and not worry about hurrying up to the next thing. <laughs> Specifically when it comes to like a dinner conversation because that's some of the best times that we had here. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, the, ne- I, the next thing for answering too, this isn't one I don't, I don't necessarily believe you can take back because it would require other people to make a change. But the warmth of the people mm-hmm. that live here, the true genuine care and desire to stop and talk and have a conversation with you, the service, they care. Like, I feel like every waiter has been like our friend. Like, they, they care about us, not just care about our service. Um, I wish there was a way to take that back. The only way to take that back is me. I can take that back, right? Um, which I would fully, I fully intend to do. But, it, you know, I don't know. Keep the ripple that's effect a good, going. Yeah. But that's a good one, though. And it does start with you taking it back and inspiring more people to travel mm. by sharing those parts of it. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people come to a place like Florence and they do three days and they got to go here and go there and do this and see that and hire this guide. And they don't just sit and have a freaking <laughs> cappuccino and talk to a local person or walk through the market and experience that. And they're so busy seeing all the sights that they forget to actually feel what it feels like, which is why when we travel, we always try to travel an extended period of time so we have time for it all, Mm. you know? And it's not just the rushing to see that, but I think inspiring more people to do things like this and to 
I think is a good way to do that. All right. So we'll leave you with this. Matthew, you gave me a quote from uh, Anthony Bourdain that I think is fitting to uh, to to leave this moment with um, as you uh, as we send you off to the wild blue yonder of Rome and then eventually North America. Do you remember the Anthony Bourdain Greek quote about dinner? I do. And, and it's not a um, it's not a direct quote, but it is something to the effect of wherever you go, wherever you travel. Um, whatever your experience is, don't tell me about what you ate. Tell me about who you ate it with. I can't think of a better way to leave it. Well, guys, we wish you the absolute best and um, have, a, have a safe journey back to Rome and then the U.S. Ciao, ciao. ciao. Grazie mille. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 